Hey, Culture and Conversations family. I'm your host, Jameson Smallwood, and I'm about to make you guys part of the conversation. Hey, guys, thank you for downloading. Thank you guys for subscribing to, and thank you guys for sharing Culture and Conversations. Up next on Culture and Conversations, I'm actually going to bring you the audio from an interview I did with my buddy Torrance Ray Simmons about his work as a professional referee. I'm going to let you guys hear my YouTube show, The Sit Down, where I brought Ray over to my house and we sat down and had dinner and talked about his work as a professional referee. Up next on Culture and Conversations. Hey guys, this is Culture and Conversations, and I am Jamison Smallwood, your host. Thank you guys for all that you do. Thank you for helping the show out. Before we get too far into this episode, take a moment and go by your favorite podcasting platform, whether that's Apple Podcasts, whether you're listening via iTunes, or some other platform, and leave Culture and Conversations a five-star review, telling people why you like you like the show, telling people why you listen to it. It really does help, and it really makes a difference in people finding the show. Also, if you can't do that on your particular listening platform, just take a moment and share this episode with your friends on your social media. It does make a huge difference when you do that. So up next on Culture and Conversations, I have a great interview with my buddy Torrance, Ray Simmons. Uh, Ray is a referee. He officiates high school games. He's officiated college games. Uh, he's even done time officiating intramural sports at Georgia Southern University, the Georgia Southern University. And I wanted to bring his story to you guys. But what I did was I actually recorded an episode of my show on YouTube called The Sit Down. And me and Torrance sat down with the video cameras running and we had this interview and we've already published this episode on my YouTube channel. So if you want to go and actually see the video, you can do that. Just search for Culture and Conversations in YouTube, and you'll be able to find the videos. Um, I'm going to put a link to this actual episode, well, the video of this episode, so that you guys can see it and have it. And then you can go to it and look at it at your leisure. But the audio is coming to you guys on the on the Culture and Conversations podcast stream here. So uh, up next on Culture and Conversations, you guys are going to hear from my buddy, Torrance Ray Simmons about his work as a referee. He's got some great stories to share with you guys and just some great perspective on sports in general. So this is the sit down and this is episode three and the sit down is a concept that I borrowed from some people who have much larger YouTube followings than me and I don't want to mention their names but shout out to those people who I follow religiously and uh, this is the episode three of the sit down and I got a good friend from back home from Brooks County. His name is Torrance Ray Simmons. I'm going to call him Ray going forward so I don't get confused. But if I call you Torrance, then you cool with that too. Hey, man, I'm used to both of them. And uh, he's here, man, to, to talk with us about his experiences as a professional referee. And that right there was one of the people, or at least one of the ideas around the show that I wanted to make sure I captured when I started coming up with culture and conversations. Because I thought about people like you, man. I said, man, you here you are doing something extraordinary and something that's interesting, something that a lot of people don't do. And I wanted to capture those stories so that people could understand just how cool my friends are. So the first question I got for you, man, is what got you interested in doing refereeing and pursuing that as at the professional level? Well, um, I'll be honest. And uh, I go to a lot of 
camps, best ball camps, um, money. <laughs> so it started 2001 at Georgia Southern. I'm in my uh, orientation class. Okay. Right. And campus rec, mm-hmm. um, they, they came by CRI. Uh, if anybody went to Georgia Southern, uh, CRI, the rack, the they came to to orientation. They was like, "Hey, we having a job fair," mm-hmm. and like both of us from Brooks County, mm-hmm. uh, I knew I couldn't go home to get no money. This is true. Wasn't no money back home. Wasn't no money back home. So it was. Uh, I need a job. You know, I let me pause you there. I remember this now. I'm remembering pieces of this because yeah. Everybody was trying to find that, that hustle on campus, you know, to to get to get some money for the for the you know, to go to school with. Right. So I needed a job. So uh, I went out that night and it was flag football and um, they had a three night training session. And from there, they kind of picked up people. So it was kind of like a, a audition. Um, I played football, um, I guess, rec league, uh, midget league. Uh, football so I was familiar with football it, it, it was kind of second nature to me so I did uh, I got picked up and um, did pretty good I, I actually went to uh, the state tournament that year um, went to a regional tournament um, and kind of fell in love with it and then from there uh, they asked me to do basketball for um, for the holiday tournament oh, that wow. they, they had before um, before the the spring semester. Mm-hmm. And I never play organized basketball. If you give me a basketball, it looks very awkward <laughs> when I uh, dribble yeah. and, and all that. But I went out there. I had fun. It was a challenge. So that's what got me into it, just needing money. And I fell in love with it and the challenge and the – camaraderie and the brotherhood and sisterhood from there so with that man at what point at at your time at southern did you begin to transition from doing recreational basketball refereeing to thinking about like oh i can go and do this professionally i can go and take this from uh you know from here on these kind of i don't want to say pickup games but the organized games at georgia southern to like oh i can go and now do this for leagues and i can go and do this for you know, so for, you know, on a much bigger, yeah, much bigger level. So what, uh, what it, what it started with was um, the extra meal tournament. So mm-hmm. Georgia Southern was well organized with the the officiating and the the games, whether it was football, basketball, softball, no matter what. So sure. um, you always had your intramurals or you know people playing mm-hmm. that never played or weren't currently playing for the the school team. Um, that's what the intramurals were. And then you had extramurals. Mm-hmm. So you would go on a tournament. Um, I remember going down to Gainesville for what they call Swamp Bowl for flag football. Okay. Um, for basketball, I've been as far west as Mississippi, Mississippi oh, wow. State. Um on an extramural tournament, I actually got my national bid from Mississippi State. Uh, I went to UNC Chapel Hill mm-hmm. a couple of times, officiated on the court that Michael Jordan played on. Oh, wow. like, like that's being in that arena 
is is something different. You know, you you don't think about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but every extramural tournament, you had college level officials doing critiques, and I think that's that's one of the things we'll probably get into a little bit deeper uh, later on. But people don't realize that we get critiqued all the time. Oh, wow. So I was doing fairly well mm-hmm. in in this. Um, you have some schools that are kind of known for, for officiating mm-hmm. on the extramural level. And I I saw that I was doing good. Um, I was well known sure. in, in the extramural circuit. And um, I was like, I, I think I can do this a little bit further. Uh, funny story about that. Um, okay. a guy, guy and I, um, Laney Nelms, we went to a college camp for basketball. Sure. First time I ever went to a college camp, I paid, I think, $250 back then, maybe mm-hmm. $300. It was a lot of money for a college student back then. Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's several meal plans. Um, my first game, I make a call, and I, I ain't going to call the guy's name, but he – chewed me up as mm-hmm. a clinicianer. I was like, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. Yeah, yeah after that kind of thing. Right. right. But it was the the rest of the camp went well. I didn't get hired, um, but it was the challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something in you that keeps pushing you no matter what level you want to do, high school, college, if you want to go professional. I know a couple of uh, professional um, at the NBA level, mm-hmm. a couple of officials up there. Uh, it's the challenge of getting plays right, of um, plays right, um, rules right, things of that nature. So, you know, the question I got then, man, is you, you said your national bid. What is What was that? Like, What when you say a national bid, what was that you're talking about? So, um, the, the intramural or extramural um, was kind of set up Almost like the the tournament, the Sweet Sixteen, mm-hmm. or um, now the playoffs in the in the um, college football college football, mm-hmm. where they would there was an organization that had a championship. Oh, okay. And officials were trying to get to the championship, just like teams. I got you. I got so you. So you would have to do well at a at a tournament to get a bid mm-hmm. to go to maybe a region. Okay. And then from a regional, you get a bid to go to national. Or you may have an at-large bid, so if somebody can't make it, then, you know, you could you could move in. So mm-hmm. at the time, they had two different organizations going up. I, I actually had the opportunity to go to both national uh, tournaments, one down in Orlando and the other up at um, Ohio University. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the opportunity down in Orlando – uh, at the uh, Disney Complex, um, I got the championship game. That game went horrible for me, mm-hmm. um, but it was a, a learning lesson. Um, but on the other side, in the other organization, I actually was an All-American official. Official. Nice. Yeah. So how did you get trained for your first game? Like, how did that work out where you walk in and you start calling – files and you start calling penalties how did was there any training for that was yeah there- um so it's it's a process um my first opportunity or my first training is going to be very unique 
because I learned in intramurals, we had a, a program where they um, they had two days of rules, um, and then they kind of showed you some some things on the field, on the court, mm-hmm. and then um, day three we we moved kind of from the classroom to the field to the court, okay, um, to learn a little bit more, and then we had scrimmage games, okay. So it was you got three days of stuff thrown at you. Mm-hmm. And football wasn't too bad because I, I played, I was familiar with it. Basketball, no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. I knew they dribbled, they dunked, they shot. That's all I knew. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know all the, the moving parts. Um, I've seen, take a step back away from intramurals, um, I've helped train officials. Okay. Um, at the high school level, um, actually – this morning I was at a at an event for training officials and um it's it's real tough, especially if you played, never played, uh regardless to look at the game um as an official as opposed to a fan, player mm-hmm. or a coach. So yeah. uh yeah, it's it's training. Um and then no matter how long you've been in it, you always learning. Okay. So what is like maybe the most exotic call you've made in a game where you know it's like in the back of the play it's in the back of the reference you know, manual for that game you and they were like, What rule is this that you just you know you just called? What's the what's the most exotic thing you've ever called on somebody? So in football, mm-hmm. uh high school football, I'll never forget this. Uh I was in, in East Georgia. I don't even know the team. Um but it was hurtling. Oh, yeah. yeah. So everybody, and there's a lot of commercials on TVs of energy drinks. I ain't going to call their name because. They ain't sponsoring culture and conversation. Right. So we, we don't know how much money we got no, right, no, no. to give out. No. But um, they no, always no. show plays of, of high school athletes jumping over people. That's true. And it's illegal. In high school, it's illegal. In high school, it's illegal. Ah. Because Zeke in the NFL, Zeke does it all the time for the all Cowboys. All the time, um, it's not legal in, in in high school. It's illegal, uh, especially if if the players on both feet, they they have to be on both feet. Um, if they have a hand or anything else on the ground, you can jump over them. But if they're on both feet standing up and you jump over a person leading mm-hmm. with your foot or knee, that's hurdling and that's illegal. Is it legal in the college game to hurdle? Um, depending. Okay. Depending. Um, so a running back, uh, and I may have to go back and correct this because I've given up on football. No, it's okay. Um, it's but okay. I know for sure, um, especially in a scrimmage kick or when people are trying to kick for point, an extra point or a field mm-hmm. goal, you have to be within a yard of the ball to jump over somebody and land on them. Oh, wow. So uh, I know a few years back um, – I, it was an SEC team where you had a guy run up, jump over the line, block a kick. Mm-hmm. Well, they changed the rule where you have to be a foot, I mean, a yard within the ball to hurdle mm-hmm. um, someone. If not, if you jump, land on somebody, even your own teammate, mm-hmm. it's an automatic foul. Yeah. So with, with, with your knowledge and your expertise and your experience as a referee, is it hard for you to watch professional sports? Yes. Um <laughs> <laughs> so I don't watch the NBA at all. 
because why? Because you see stuff and you're like, that's not what the right call should have been. So the or, the or NBA, see- mm-hmm. I, I'll just say it like this. Okay, the NBA um, has the most talented people and officials. Sure, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but when it comes to consistency of the rule, mm-hmm. they they're it's not about the rule. It's about the entertainment. Oh, okay. Um, for instance, uh, back in the AI days, mm-hmm. the officials didn't like AI, and he would foul out most games. Because they didn't like him. Because they didn't like him. And it's not an opinion. It it came out because the guy that was gambling said that he would usually bet against AI because he knew the officials didn't like him. Yeah, that's that guy. What's that guy's name? Tim Donahue or something like that? Something like that. Um, yeah, shout out to Tim out there, wherever you're getting locked up. At hey, man, I ain't, I ain't getting into that now. <laughs> but um, it's it's about entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, that, that kind of takes a, away from, um, for me, the purity of the games. So the Jordan rules were real then. Jordan rules, the LeBron rules, from just from your, your you know, I will say yes. Okay. Um, okay. And this is, that is my opinion. Yeah. That is my opinion um, as far as the rules because oftentimes you hear nobody wants to see the best player in the game on the bench. Or out the game, yeah. That's the same thing with what we see in the NFL where the quarterbacks and stuff, they get hit, and, you know, and the play is like a bang-bang play, and then they call a foul or, or a penalty or whatever on the player, rushing I, the passer. I, this is what I'll say about the NFL. Okay. Um, the NFL, they have to protect their money, mm-hmm. which the quarterback, for the most time, is the, the money maker. He's the money, yeah. Um, they invested the money in the team. A lot of times, the, the quarterback is thrown to that star receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, if the quarterback's a threat, then that star running back is, is amazing. Yeah. Um, you, you have to look historically – um, and I think lawsuits have played a lot into that as well. But mm-hmm. historically speaking, the way the game transformed back in like the LT days when the clothesline was legal, yeah, uh, you you actually saw people uh, body slam people, head slaps, head slaps, all that um, leading up to the concussions and you know the cover up there. They're they're kind of putting in a. Uh, safety. Um, also, one thing that people don't realize, the TV does not do it justice. Sure. Um, going to a live game don't do it justice. The speed. The speed of the game. Of the game. Mm-hmm. So, um, to, to talk about that real quick, the first time I stepped on the Juco field mm-hmm. as a, as a um, back judge, mm-hmm. I'm 25 yards off the ball. No mm-hmm. lie. And it was a receiver. I think he went to Georgia uh, SEC team, mm-hmm. uh, they had a receiver. I took three steps back, mm-hmm. one, two, three, and he covered 25 yards in my three back steps. And oh, I'm wow. 25 yards off the ball. Wow. That's the type of speed D1 athletes that go to the NFL, mm-hmm. that's the type of speed they have. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you can say they're babying people, but the speed and the strength, it's a whole different game. It's a whole different game than what it was back in the day. So yeah. I, I understand um, you go with you err on the side of safety mm-hmm. because 
um, high school, I've seen kids put on like a rib guard on t- up under their shoulder pads. Mm-hmm. These kids feel invincible. Yeah. So they go out there going 90 to nothing, throwing their bodies into people. Yeah. So I get it. Um, the high school has put in rules. Uh, if you look at rugby versus um, our traditional football, mm-hmm. rugby doesn't have pads. They tackle, but they have less concussions because they tackle properly. Mm-hmm. I think Madden hit stick ruined the game of football mm-hmm. because everybody's looking for that big hit. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, the targeting came into play. And it's cleaning the game up. And, like, I understand what the refs have to go through because it's a judgment call. Yeah, but, yeah. You know. Well, I mean, that's what happened with uh... – uh, ESPN, their coverage, uh, they've changed how they cover the highlights. They used to have a segment on their Sunday morning show called Jacked Up. They took that out. They took that off. Time they started, you know, being people started suing over these concussions, CTE and all that stuff. They took that off, you know, and then you see, to your point, the transition from the refereeing standpoint where they put into the game the targeting and all this stuff to try to make the game safer, right. you know. Uh, one of the things I want to ask you, man, before we kind of wrap up here is, you know, I know that one of the things you deal with is crazy fans, people watching the game, parents, uh, you know, coaches and stuff. You know, how is that? Is it is it as bad as I think it is? You know, or is it maybe a little bit overblown? It's so I've I started calling back in 2001. I took a few years off in between, but. It's getting worse. Mm. Um, and I think the issue is, is on three levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody come after me when I say this. I think it starts with the parents, the coaches, and then the players. Mm-hmm. From the parents' level, parents are no longer teaching kids life is not fair. Wow. Wow. Um, wow. They are hyping kids up. Mm-hmm. Um basketball that's that's my primary sport now basketball you play year round mm-hmm. you have a ton of tournaments um you have exposure tournaments where you have college coaches coming in um but parents are are feeding their kids that life is supposed to be perfect um things are always supposed to go your way mm-hmm. and when they don't it's somebody else's fault Wow. Um, so that that's my take. And I'm not saying all parents. So before parents come after me, I'm not saying all parents. Let me let me help you out with that. Uh, any hate mail you want to send, send it to cultureandconversation.gmail.com. Okay. And uh, we will promptly send it to the trash. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, the second are the coaches. Um, mm-hmm. I think we've come into a culture where coaches have lost the the – Ability to train young athletes to be citizens Mm -hmm. um, and more about wins. So I've seen coaches put up with all kind of attitudes from players, players talking back. And again, in in 17 years, it went from a kid didn't say anything to their coach Mm -hmm. to a kid telling his coach pretty much to shut up Um, or coaches feeding into players, uh, coaches are not coaching properly. If you look at, at the game of the NBA, like the big man is is a, a artifact now mm-hmm. because you got seven-foot guys shooting threes, and that's what they do. Nobody really plays in the paint anymore. Um, and I think it's because coaches stopped 
stop coaching them. The mid-range jumper is is almost a thing of the past. Um, but coaches don't know the rules. Now, mind you, I think coaches should go through what officials go through and officials should go through what coaches go through. Sure. Um, because I've coached uh, varsity soccer at a private school. I've actually been ejected out of a game. <laughs> that was a long story. But um, I understand what coaches have to deal with putting together a bunch of personalities. Mm -hmm. But also, if you don't understand what's being called or it's a rule that you don't understand. Because you don't know the game, yeah. Because you don't know the game or you think you, – you watch the NBA mm -hmm. or you, you've played overseas – and you're coaching high school, the rule sets are different. Wow. The rule sets are different, and people don't realize that. Uh, a, a prime example, in NCA uh, men's, if the ball hits the backboard, mm -hmm. nobody can go touch it. Yeah. NCA and up. In high school, we don't have that. Sure. All it is is a chance to go in above the rim, downward flight. Mm -hmm. For a goaltending. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with the backboard. Mm -hmm. So you see that play all the time and people are yelling. Um, in the NBA, you can't shoot a shot, not hit anything, and receive your own rebound, mm -hmm. essentially. High school NCAA, you can because you took a legitimate shot. Sure. So when plays like that happen, coaches lose their mind, sometimes end up with a tech, but they don't understand the rule set that they're – their coaching at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so I think a lot of that plays into it. And then the last one is the kids. Mm -hmm. So we know, statistically speaking, it's probably 1% to 2% from you starting out your high school team. We'll start with high school. Mm -hmm. Your high school team to making it to the NBA. Wow. But in the same breath, if you're good, the game don't owe you anything mm -hmm. from a coach a player and an official and this is what i mean who's the gold standard in basketball michael jordan mm -hmm. right everybody compares michael jordan and some people may may diff may mm -hmm. have a different opinion whoever you think your gold standard is that's no longer playing mm -hmm. did the game stop no it kept on going it kept going matter of fact lebron james came right behind him right you, you know. got Kobe, LeBron, mm -hmm. after they're gone, after Steph's gone, after KD's gone, the game's going to keep going. Mm -hmm. uh, Joy Crawford, Danny Crawford, these are two officials I just named. Steve Jabby? Ste yeah. Danny Crawford retired, I want to say, last year. Mm -hmm. The game didn't meet, miss a beat. No, no. Okay. Mm -hmm. Phil Jackson retired, came back, retired. The game kept going. Yeah. So if yeah. kids understand – that the game doesn't care about them. Like, mm -hmm. you're playing this hard and with this much in, uh, uh, intensity. Mm -hmm. I understand that it's something that you love. It's a passion. Sure. But at the end of the day, like, use this as a tool to, to do something else. Um, LeBron used his money to build a school. But after he graduated, uh, all his friends on his team went to college and he funded businesses. Yeah. You know, it's, it's stuff like that. Um, if you get a scholarship to go somewhere for free, I don't care what you playing football, baseball, basketball, volleyball. I don't care what sport it is. Mm -hmm. If you can get a free education, take it. Yeah, no doubt. Take no doubt. it because, um, 
you know, I know you said professional referee, but we're one injury away from being done. Mm-hmm. Every, just about every official has a second job. Yeah. yeah. And officiating is not their primary job because of that reason. Yeah. I stepped away from the game for three or four years and the whole game changed. Mm-hmm. It didn't wait on Torrance. Mm-mm. It didn't mm-hmm. wait on Ray. It mm-hmm. didn't, it changed. So when I came back in, I had to start over and, mm-hmm. and do different things. So that would, that would be the three things I think is wrong. Um, and before we go, I'll tell this one story uh, that fans have to understand. Mm-hmm. We're human. Mm-hmm. We're going to make mistakes. But uh, a couple of years ago, I was calling a high school football game. I'm not going to name teams or organization. But after the game, it was a tough game. Mm-hmm. Went into overtime. But the issue was uh, we know the football field is 100 yards. Mm-hmm. And it's broken up primarily into five-yard major lines, mm-hmm. right? Well, we have chains, and one of the protocols or one of the things that um, officials, football officials have to do, we have to measure the chains against the field to make sure they're 10 yards. Mm -hmm. We went three different segments of 10s, and all three were different. So that lets me know I got a 100-yard field, and each one is not five, or I don't have 10. So the 10 Mm -hmm. may not actually be the 10-yard. I got you. as a as a referee, when common sense would say line to line, that's a first down. Mm-hmm. But I'm in a situation where line to line ain't ten yards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I did my pregame duty and mm-hmm. I know this. And you so, measured it, yeah. So it was a couple of times late in the game we had to bring the chains out, and uh, the visiting team ended up losing. Mm-hmm. So on the way to the locker room, we had a, a police escort, um, but a woman stopped us. She looked ill. Um, she said to me, I have cancer and I may not see another game. I want you to know you just cheated those boys out of a game. Wow. 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 Um, wow. So in her mind, she's at a football game and she's worried about you know, she's instead of her being focused in on obviously her health issues, she used that to kind of try to you know take a crap on you, for, right. for a football game. Right. Um, I've had fans say, you know, he must have found out the child wasn't his, and it was from the team that they were playing. Oh. Um, like people oh. yell at at officials, and I'm not gonna say I wasn't one of those people in high school. Sure, we you know we all we all do that. Um, but people say things to officials forgetting that we're human. Like that's another level there when you start talking about cancer and babies and fa- your family. That's right. another level. Um, yeah. like I've had fans come out the stands, mm-hmm. um, and in a playoff game, but realizing that you know. I have a, a beautiful three-year-old, mm-hmm. but we had some complications before I got that three-year-old. Mm-hmm. And when you say stuff like that, I, I, you know, no, you want to lay hands on people. I got you, right? I got you. But you know, I have to, I have to stay professional. But also, nobody holds the players accountable. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I didn't make a shot attempt. Mm-hmm. I didn't miss a pass. I didn't miss a free throw. I didn't forget to run the gas as my coach told me. And that's why I was stuck behind everybody on the field. All that. So, yeah. you know, we expect perfection from officials mm-hmm. when we don't get perfection from players. Yeah. So, uh, just, just stuff like that. You know, I think, uh, 
I think that's a I think that's a great story, and it's a, it's a sad one, but it's it's believable because I know how people are, man. You know, like you said, we we upload these games and we get excited about our teams and we get passionate about the outcome, but it's just a game. And but there's real people who are involved in the game, right? And uh, that's where the that's where the ugliness comes in. That when you start hurting people at the expense of the game, right? You right. Know? So I, I guess, man, um, you know, what's your what's your goal, man? What's your next? You know, thing that you're working towards. What's the what's the big brass ring for a for a referee or an official? And what is it that you're what is it that you pursue? Uh, you know, in order to get to that next thing, that's that's a part of your career. Um, I want to get in a, a couple of more college conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, help officials uh, join. So everybody always asks, well, how do I join? Mm-hmm. Um, or how do I become a part of this? Or uh, people who are in, how do I get better? Um, so, you know, just giving advice, being a, a mentor, giving back to, to officials. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always ask a, a, a referee how you got in. They can tell you, mm-hmm. you know, where to go or, or things like that. People get big breaks from weird places, but um, I think I've I've gotten a, a couple of goals checked off. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I do want to get into a couple more uh, college conferences, uh, move up that way. If I am lucky enough to get to call a tournament at the NCAA level, mm-hmm. that would be wonderful. Okay. Uh, if it doesn't happen, it's not the end of the world. Oh, yeah. Because um, – Somebody told me a long time ago, basketball should not be in your top three mm-hmm. of your of your life, mm-hmm. um, officiating wise. Mm-hmm. Um, it's God, family, mm-hmm. work, and then. So um, just keeping keeping that in mind. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I want to go. Cool, man. Cool. Well. I think that concludes our episode of the sit down, man. I appreciate right. you coming through, man. And I appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. Good times, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, man. sir. Hey, once again, I want to thank my buddy Torrance, Ray Simmons, for stopping by and being part of the conversation. If you guys want to interact with the show, you can do so on Facebook. Culture and Conversations is the Facebook page. And there's also a group associated with the page, Culture and Conversations Podcast. That lets you get a more intimate, behind-the-scenes experience with the show. You see how the sausage is made. And also, you get to help program the show because we feature your content and your suggestions on Culture and Conversations. And also, if you want to see the new show that I'm rolling out on Facebook that I've been recording, it's a live stream. It's actually a live show where I take phone calls and I interact with the listeners. It is called Hashtag The Group Chat. So all that's available to you guys on the Facebook page and group. Also, if you want to interact with the show on Instagram, you can do so. Culture and Conversations is the Instagram page. And finally, if you want to send me an email, you can do so. Culture and Conversations at gmail.com. And lastly, as my goddaughter would say, my God, that's right. You guys be good out there. Take care. <laughs>